Welcome, everybody. This is How to English. Teach and learn with Gavin M. It's a podcast about teaching and learning English as a foreign language. All opinions stated are personal, and references will be given when necessary. We should change the name to M and Gav instead of Gavin M. I am very happy. Would you like to start again? Welcome, everybody. This is How to English. Teach and learn with M and Gav. Oh, don't know. Let's keep it as Gavin M. Gav. It's fine. Okay, M. We <laughs> shall keep it. Shall we keep this episode titled "21 How to Sound"? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was very clever. How to sound? In what ways do you think it's clever, Em? Because it's how to sound good, and it's also sound as a noun, like how to pronunciation, how to listening, as we did before. It's a theme, isn't it? Our how to plus noun, which is not good English, people out there. It's not good, but we like it. It's a reinvention of grammar from Gavin Em. It's a nice title. Shall we move on? Yes, let's start. As we're focusing on British English, M, we should probably have a little disclaimer at the beginning of the show. And is that it, Gav? <laughs> We've just done it, yeah. So, because we're both British, we're going to be speaking in our normal way. So, this will be our default English. But of course, we recognise other people don't speak like us, and so there will always be exceptions and. Variations, variations across the UK, across the world. Of course, this is only one of many different varieties of English pronunciation. And we're lucky that we have two amazing guests today who can introduce us to American English pronunciation and give us some tips on how to pronounce things in American English. That is wonderful. How very, very useful. A guide for both of us, M, over the years comes from Oxford University Press's English File Students course books, because at the back of their books you can find the International Phonetic Alphabet (IPA) table. It's divided into vowels and consonants, showing which are voiced and unvoiced, and also diphthongs. Can I stop you a sec? So there's a lot of words there that I. Might need to brush up on. M, we're going to cover all of these during today's show. So we're going to go through voiced and unvoiced, and what is a diphthong? Plus, the English file pronunciation table shows typical spellings when using these sounds. So, if the followers can open their copy of English file, go to the back of the book, or maybe you can have a look on your favourite web browser. Search the words. English file international phonetic alphabet, and hopefully you can see a copy of this and follow what we're talking about in today's show. It's divided into sections with a picture on the left showing you the sound. So, for example, fish. There's a picture of a fish, and then within the fish is the sound i, and that's written in the IPA form. That's right. It has the usual spellings where you'd expect it to sound like i, like thin. Or history, or kiss, and then there's also on the right side, which is really, really useful, the unusual spellings, things like women, and busy, and gym, and decide. That is really interesting because, as you say, when I think of i, as in 
fish, thin, slim. I don't think of women, which is spelt with an O, or busy, with a U, or decide, which is with an E. Or gym, which is with a Y. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's really useful. So the spelling part of it is excellent. Another good one, Gav, is car, the sound of R, as in far, large, after. But then in the unusual spelling box, there's aunt and laugh and heart. That is very confusing again. Because when I think of R, I'm not thinking of the spelling A-U or E-A. That's why English is so difficult, I think, for learners to know the pronunciation from the spelling. Infamous, in fact. Well, this chart really helps us to break that down and see some patterns that we might not notice otherwise. Before we go into any more detail, Em, I think you've prepared something on the letter G, which is my favourite letter because it's the first letter of my first name, Gav. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah, exactly. Your favourite letter. It is a tricky one and I'm including it today because my students asked me just last week about this letter. They were looking at the word illegal and illegitimate and they were completely confused. Like, what is the rule and why is one pronounced with a g legal? Why is the other pronounced j, like legitimate? That is really interesting. What level students are these Quite high level, but it's uh, it's definitely an, an issue with any level to recognise the pronunciation of G. So I did a little bit of digging and I found some rules. But as with everything in English, Gav, what are the rules of English, Gav? There are no... No, there's only one rule of English. There are no... No, what is it? That's good. I like it. There are no rules. Well, there are rules. But there are always exceptions that's right so there are rules the rules are a bit complicated but you have the sound of g as in your name which is a hard g for gav g for gav and then we have the soft g which is in words like giant and illegitimate more of a j if you were to look at the letter j it would be like a j wouldn't it yes it would so when is it hard and when is it soft? I can I'm, I'm putting my hand up here. Go I'm, ahead. Go I'm ahead. just going to I'm just going to guess and I'm probably wrong. But does it depend on where the word is stressed? No. Okay. No, it doesn't. But I like the active thought process. That's good. Always nice to try. It's more about the letters around it. Does it depend whether it has a hard sound before it or nope. a strong sound or a soft sound? Or no, forget it. Okay, um, I'll tell you. It, it all depends on whether the G is followed by an E, an I or a Y. Any word with G that you can remember being spelled with E, I or Y next to it. There were actually one example we had before with this pronunciation of I. For example, Gav, where do you go to get fit? The pub. <laughs> Just one one elbow. Yes. Exercising well. <laughs> what about if you really want to get fit? I would go to the gym. I'd join a gym. You would join a gym. So gym, it's G followed by Y. Yes. And things like the powers that wizards have. Magic. Magic. So can you see a pattern here with the I? The G-I is magic. So it's followed by an I or a Y. Okay, that's what you said. And then there's also E, 
which is a little bit harder sometimes. Different members of a family, you've got your... Grandparents. Grandparents. Grandchildren. Hang on, hang on. Relatives. What are are they? They're all different. You've got your, your age and then your parents' age and then your grandparents' age. These are all different. Generation X, Y and Z. So generations. Generations is G followed by... E. So if there's a G and an E or a G and an I or a G and a Y, it's usually soft. The J sound, like a J, as you said. The other words, like your name, Gav, like go, glove, gum, any other letter other than E, I or Y, it's the hard G. Mm, Just the I, E and Y? Yes. Interesting. And if it's at the end of a word, can you think of any examples? Mug, pug, slug. Yep. Oink, oink. Pig. Fake hair. Wig. Going in a line that's not straight. Zigzag. Nice, aren't they? Nice words. Yeah. What's What's the rule? G. It's where? Where is it? At the end. Okay, if it's at the end, it's hard. <laughs> it's a hard sound, like a g, like gav. Yeah. If it's followed by anything other than e, i, or y... If it's at the end of a word, it's always a hard sound. Yes, that is really interesting. I hope I can remember that. I know, it's hard to remember. I need to share that with my students. That is a very simple and clear rule. But there are things that are in there to throw you off. Are there exceptions, Em? Well, there are exceptions. We're not there yet, but we're going to come to exceptions. But things like the word guess or guest or guild or guilt. The G is followed by what? You. A you. Yeah, so that would make you think it's a soft, but it's not. It's hard. It's the same rule. It's not I, E or Y. So it's guess, guest, guild, guilt. There are exceptions. We're at the exceptions now. And the interesting thing is, if it's a German word from German origin, it is confusing. So there are words that are followed by I, G-I, often, that are not soft, if I want to give you a present, I give you a... Gift. Not a gift. <laughs> it's not a gift. <laughs> no, a gift. It's a gift. So it's a hard G because it's originally from German. Yeah. And the word give. Give doesn't follow the rule, does it? Oh. Give. Give a gift. Totally exceptional. Not give a gift. Not give a gift. <laughs> to cover with gold. What's it's that? It's to gild. To gild. You could be part of a guild as well. Yeah, but that's G-U. Which follows the same pronunciation. So guild is a hard G, even though it's followed by an I. So I'd need to know which words came from German before I can apply these rules. Yeah, not much to ask, is it? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gav, I've got some sentences for you to say, and I want you to try and say them perfectly, okay? And if you want to leave a space afterwards for people to repeat after you, it would be a nice memory test. So I'm going to read these sentences with the correct pronunciation and they contain strong and weak G's depending on the rules that you've already taught us. That's right. Here I go. It was illegal to gild a pig in a gazebo in Egypt generations ago. 
Fact check. I don't know if that's true, but anyway. Um, did you make this up? I made it up, so don't at me. I mean, I don't know what the rules were back in the day, but anyway, it was perfect, Gav. Perfect pronunciation. I wonder if the followers were able to repeat that, because I could barely say it, Em. All right, maybe not. You can play it again if you want. Let me try the next one. The engine was a gift given by a guest who was a misogynist. Wow, I can hear the hard and soft sounds in there. That's amazing. My glove and magic mug were grabbed by a guilty astrologer. (laughs) Guilty of what, I wonder? Of of grabbing mugs, I think, especially magic ones. (laughs) There's gum in my wig, so I guess I should go and get the detergent. Well, that was tricky, wasn't it? That was really tricky. Go and get the detergent. Um, I think we need to post these in the show notes so other people can practice them. Sure, definitely. It's a good practice exercise. And who wants gum in their wig? It's nobody, horrible. Nobody wants gum in their wig. Okay, the last one. A new page of legislation for the Guild has zigzags in the margin. <laughs> these are brilliant. Did you make these up yourself? Yes, I did. Wow, I can imagine you writing them on the board and saying to the students, hey... Can you say these sentences? They're kind of like tongue twisters, but they've got hidden traps in them. They are tricky. And if you've got a very high-level class, and I would say high-level students still make these mistakes with G, you could always give them a list of words and then get them to make up the sentences. See if they can get more than five in a sentence or six and have it as a competition. Who could get the most words in a sentence that makes sense? That's wonderful. I can see... A big long list of them all mixed up and you divide them into hard G, soft G, based on M's rules and your knowledge of German literature. (laughs) Exactly, Gav, exactly. Now, I think we need to break down some more of these details of sounds in English. We can have a look at voiced and unvoiced sounds. Can I make a confession? What's that, Em? I've been a teacher for a very, very long time. I still don't quite understand this. Well, put simply, voiced is where the vocal cords are active. Or, as Adrian Underhill says in his video on vowels and consonants, voiced sounds have an obstruction. Think about the B in banana. 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 What part of your face is obstructing the B in banana, M? My lips. My lips. <laughs> My lips, I think. It is your lips. But you're, you're, it's sort of not... You're pointing at your nose, but I think you're... <laughs> it's not really coming out properly. It's, it is a bit blocked, isn't it? It stops itself. And it's completely stopped. The b... B. You close b. your lips and you open them in order to make the b in nice. banana. Nice, because that makes more sense to me than the other thing you said, which is your vocal... What was it? Vocal. Because I think when I'm speaking, I'm always using my vocal cords. We're going to examine it in detail, Em. But also think about the L in language. What part of your body is obstructing that sound? Language. Language. I think it's the tongue. Yes, it is the tongue. Or your tongue tongue specifically. (laughs) Nobody else's tongue. Yes. Language. So the L, think about the L, your tongue is making some kind of obstruction as Adrian Underhill described in his video, which is really cool. 
Mm. I also found a great article by Dr. Garforth on this topic where he made an easy to understand table demonstrating the difference between voiced and unvoiced words. He explains that all 20 vowel sounds are voiced. 20 vowel sounds? Yes, all 20 in English. What's really interesting is that Dr. Garforth divided the vowels into short vowels and long vowels. M, we should demonstrate this because 20 vowel sounds, including the diphthongs, is a lot to take in. So maybe break it down, put it into an activity. What have you got? We're going to come back to diphthongs later, but let's just focus on long vowel sounds and short vowel sounds. I'm going to give you the sound. I want you to identify whether it's a long or a short sound. And I want you to use the English file chart for this activity. Find it on the chart and then give me an example. Right, I've opened the chart. I've got the vowel sounds down the left side. I'm going to use the words that I see based on the sounds you tell me. And I will confirm whether they're short or long sounds. Can I have a demonstration of that? Because I'm not sure I understand. You can. So if I say the sound ah, ah is a short sound and it's used in the word up. Oh, that's easy. I can do that. All right. I hope you can. Ready? Yes. First sound is or. Or. Or is a long sound and a word containing or is horse. Nice. The next one is E. E is a long sound and I will go with the word tree. Are you using the chart for this, Gav? I am using the chart. The next one is O. O is a short sound and I think I can hear a ticking clock. Very good. Clock has got the O sound. Next one, OO. OO. Is it a long one? It's long. Ooh. And I am wearing a pair of boots. And the last one is er. Er. That sounds like a long sound. Yes. And a word that contains er is a tweet tweet bird. Nice. That's it. So you're using the chart, but again, with a high level group or student, you could do it without the book. And then it's much more challenging to try and think of a word that has that sound. Em, that was a really fun activity. I really enjoyed that. Going back to voiced and unvoiced, turns out, Em, that all 20 vowel sounds are voiced. Do you remember what we said voiced was? Voiced is when you're using your vocal cords and the sound is quite blocked. There's some kind of obstruction. Unvoiced, I'm guessing, is when you're not using your vocal cords. That's it. And you should be able to hear the difference. So we're going to do a little activity to check that out. So remember, all 20 vowel sounds are voiced. Right. But only some consonants are voiced. Unvoiced sounds are weak, as you said, and vocal cords do not vibrate. There are eight unvoiced consonant sounds. Let's do an activity and we can practice to see if we can identify the voiced and unvoiced sounds of English. Are you ready, Em? I am ready. Now let me give you the first example. B. B as in Bill. Is that voiced or unvoiced? Sounds voiced. It is. You can hear the B. There's a vibration going on there for B. It's the same as banana, isn't it? B. That's it. The obstruction is in your lips. B. Banana. But if we think about pill, pill, 
pill, pill, puh, puh. It's open. More air. More yeah, air it's all coming. about air. Pill. Yeah, okay. Bill. You can feel it's kind of inside your mouth more. Bill and pill. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's about pushing the air out of your mouth. That's where you get the p p pill. Really good, yeah. How about d for done? Done. done. Oh, it's my teeth, Gav. Done. Done. And is that voiced or unvoiced? That's voiced. Uh, how about ton? Ton. 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 Oh, there's more air with ton. So your tongue is not obstructing the t, but it, maybe it was with the d. Well, I said it was teeth with d, 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 My teeth are closed. Done. Ton, they're also closed, but you're pushing the air out. Where's more. your tongue when you say done? D, done. Behind my teeth. Is it moving? Can you feel it moving? Done. Done. Not really. Done. Is it? Done. 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 It moves from the top to the bottom. Done. Okay. Done. But yes. in ton, ton, your tongue is relaxed. Ton. Yeah, it's already at the bottom. Ton. Okay. Oof. Let's try a couple more. How about the j in jar? Jar. J. Jar. It's again, teeth are in the way a bit. Jar. You can feel that. Is there a vibration in there? Some jar. obstruction? Jar. J. J. Jar. Yeah, jar. I can feel it in my throat. Jar. And compare it to char. 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 It's at the front of my mouth. It's like just jumping out. Char. You're pushing the air straight out there. There's very little obstruction in the way. Mm, good. So that's it. So that's the difference between voiced and unvoiced. Well, I learned something new today. I finally understand it. I think when the books explain it, it's really hard because you don't have an example sounds. You can't really hear it. You need a video or something to show you the position of the tongue and the teeth and that's the, it. everything else. Until you try it yourself, you don't realise what you're doing with your teeth and your tongue and your vocal cords. And I think it's so important to have really good pronunciation to allow people to understand what you're trying to express. It is distracting when you hear people with the wrong pronunciation and maybe they're telling you a story. Expressing vowels well is so key to a great pronunciation, M. Yes, Gav. So that's why we invited our very special guest to walk us through teaching and learning how to improve your accent so people can understand you better. Today's special guest is accent coach Bianca. You can find her at master.an.american.accent on Instagram. She provides one-to-one Zoom calls where she offers customised accent correction coaching to master your American accent and has a Patreon where members can benefit from discounts. Let's listen and learn from Bianca as she teaches us how to vowel. Hey, Gavin M. and all the listeners of the How to English podcast. My name is Bianca, and I'm an accent coach who helps people sound and, more importantly, feel better when speaking in English for professional, personal, or aesthetic reasons. I run an accent feedback club for people who want to improve their accent, and I also have an Accent Teachers Academy for language teachers who want to transition into accent coaching. Thanks so much for inviting me today to talk a little bit about vowels. It's one of my favorite things to talk about because it's one thing a person can do in any language to be better understood and if they're working towards a specific accent. So I'm going to start with a little story. I studied French in high school and then I went abroad to France for a year in my final year of high school. 
And I only knew that I wasn't speaking well when somebody said, what? Or if like it was really bad, then people asked me to repeat or they would just say that they didn't understand me. And so, you know, I would ask people for help. I would say, hey, could you please correct me? But nobody ever did. And I don't know if they were shy or they didn't really know how to correct me. They just knew that something was wrong with my speaking. So it wasn't until later when I was in university and I was majoring in linguistics that I took a course, best course of my life. It was called French phonetics. And then I started feeling really empowered in French. Like I could, I could really understand what the problem was and I could, I could figure it out for myself. And it just felt great. But until then, you know, like for most people in any language, it's, it's really a guessing game when you're learning the language. It's very difficult to find somebody who can help you with that. So flash forward 15 years later, this is what I do now for a living. I help people speak more clearly and get confidence while they're doing that. So what's the biggest thing that your listeners can do for themselves or for their students in any second language? Get good at vowels. It's really the key feature to any accent or any dialect. So whether you're a teacher, whether you're a learner, you'll want to really know how vowels work so that you can break them down, maybe for yourself or for your students. There's three things that I think you can start with. You should really know the difference between a monop thong and a dip thong. What do I mean by that? Number one, a monop thong is one single sound, one vowel sound, like ah, as in bar, ah. And then if there's two vowels together, we call them a dip thong. Mastering the monop thongs first is really good because it puts you in a position to perfect the diphthongs, which are combinations. For example, if I can do ah, and I can do e, then I can do i, as in bite, right? So one thing is knowing the difference between monop thongs and diphthongs. Number two, know the articulators. There are three articulators that you need to be able to independently control. Number one, the first element of a good vowel is your jaw how open or closed it is. Number two, your tongue. Is your tongue in the front, in the middle, or in the back? Or I should say, should it be for these vowels or these combinations of vowels and transitioning between diphthongs? Number three, your lips. What are your lips doing? Sometimes they should be relaxed and sometimes they should be tense and doing something. So knowing the articulators and being able to kind of control them independently is what's gonna make you really good at vowels as well. And the third thing is using the IPA, not the beer, but the IPA, the International Phonetic Alphabet. I don't think people should learn the whole thing. I think people should just learn the symbols for the sounds that they're working on currently. So don't learn the whole thing at first if you don't have to. Don't make your students learn it. In my opinion, just learn the symbols for the sounds that you're working on. Why is this important? Because the symbols are really useful to differentiate the vowel sounds, at least in English, because the vowel letters we use for spelling in English is not helpful to anybody. And you know, we can thank the French for that mostly. But the sounds that we use, for example, I teach about 27 different vowel sounds, that's including the monophthongs and the diphthongs, but we only write with five vowel letters. Some languages, though, are super transparent, and what you see is what you say. English is not like that. So those are the three things that I would say anybody can do to get better at vowels themselves and increase their communicative ability or to have confidence in how they're speaking and maybe get down to a specific dialect or an accent. 
for teachers or for students. So I hope that this gives your teachers and your learners a place to start when they've picked an accent they would like to use or a starting point for when people say what to them. Thanks again for inviting me, Gavin M, and keep up the good work in helping everyone. If anybody listening would like my help with learning or teaching accents, you can find me on Instagram under Master in American Accent or at my website, Accent Coach Bianca. Thanks. Bye for now. How fantastic was that? That was absolutely extraordinary. It was so informative and I love stories. I love stories. Why does nobody tell you when you're doing these things wrong? It's common, isn't it, that people just don't say and then you're thinking, what is it I'm doing wrong? Unless they don't understand you at all and then you realise, as Bianca said, what? Sorry, can you repeat that? Exactly. So Gav, do you remember what a monopthong and a diphthong are? I think I do. A monophthong has one sound and a diphthong has two sounds. And if you master the one, you can then practice the two. One will help. And I did not know about articulators, which is what we started looking at just a moment ago before Bianca's tips. Jaw, lips, tongue. These are your talking tools. It's your mouth hardware. It's the mechanics of speaking well. You've got to make sure your jaw's well-oiled, your tongue's in the right <laughs> fitness level, and your lips are limbered up. Yes, good tips. Bianca's Accent Feedback Club and Academy sound really cool, so I do encourage people to take a look at that. Either visit Bianca's Instagram or go straight to her website, accentcoach.bianca, and you will find some really cool stuff there. Em, on the topic of diphthongs, yes. keep in mind that they are also voiced. They are double sounds, as we learnt. Mm -hmm. If you open your English file pronunciation chart, M, you will see them down the right-hand side. Yes, I can. What you can do is make a copy of the chart, cut up the pictures of the diphthongs, and also add any other words you want to to this list. And you can put them in the middle of the table and the students can take turns and they could try to elicit the word on the picture from their partners. Nice activity. I like that. Shall we try it? Let's try. Here we go. I've got my bits of paper. I'm going to put them in the middle. Right. Mix them up first. Mixed. Take the first one and describe this word to me that contains a diphthong. You sit on it. It's made of wood or metal. You can buy them in Ikea. It's a chair and it contains air. Mm. That's a diphthong. It's got two monophthongs. It contains the air and the er. Air. Good. Now I'm going to take the next one. You use this to make bread. Flour. Correct. Our, our, our. It's got the ow and the er. Our, flower. Very good, your turn. Which is also flower in the garden, flower that grows. So it's different spelling, same diphthong. Very good. Next one. Something you see in the sky, Gav, if it's a nice day, maybe blue sky, white. Cloud? Yes. Oud. 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 Cloud. One more. An alternative form of transport. If you want to go to the local shops, you can go by... Bus. No, that's not a diphthong. Train. 
Train. That's a good one. That's not the card I have. Keep trying. Oh. Uh, bike. Very good. Bike. 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 I. That was Bianca's example. And train. Aye. Aye. Yeah, I didn't think of that one. I'll add that to my list of cards. Very good. Can I do one more? Oh, go on then. Last one. Okay, if I'm taking a photo of you, I say make sure everybody... Cheese. No, cheese. That's E. No, that's one. That's a monopthong. No, you say cheese because you want everybody to... Smile. I'll. I'll smile. I'll. Okay, good. I think we've got it, Gav. That was loads of fun. So, followers, if you're a teacher, get some diphthongs, write them on a bit of paper, make some pictures... Put them in a big pile and the students can take turns taking some of these words out and correctly eliciting and pronouncing these words. Gav, it's time for... Teacher, Teacher teach me. me! So Gav, to perfectly finish this episode all about pronunciation, we are very fortunate to have Jasmine, the language coach, who supports entrepreneurs to speak English quickly, simply and confidently. That's right, Em. You can catch her live coaching sessions on Facebook and TikTok where she covers topics like New York slang, building confidence and improving your listening skills. So find her on TikTok and Instagram under the name CCC Language Learning. And you can also check out her website cccanguagelearning.com. Today, she will give us a really practical tip on how to improve your pronunciation and accent. Hello, Gavin M. Thank you so much for this opportunity. This is my podcast debut. And thank you so much on how you teach students English and giving support to teachers on how to become better English teachers. Hello, listeners. My name is Jasmine, and I'm the co-founder and owner of CCC Language Learning, where currently I support entrepreneurs and business leaders to speak English quickly, simply, and confidently. And in the near future, I will be teaching beginner to intermediate Chinese because I can speak Chinese and I'm learning other languages as we speak as well. So today's topic is going to be on pronunciation. So as a language learner and a teacher, my number one tip is to use that language's phonetic system. Not to use your language's phonetic system to pronounce words. So for example, when I have a Chinese student and they say the word name, they may think it's nema because the letter E at the end of name, they think it's going to sound like uh, because E sounds like uh in Chinese, pinyin. Or my Spanish-speaking students, the letter J sounds like Y in Spanish. So instead of calling me Jasmine, they may call me Yasmin. Or for the letter Y, they may say yellow instead of yellow. So it's those little things, those little pronunciation uh, mistakes that we make because we're thinking in our language's phonetic system. So I would say don't feel bad. Now you know. Go back. Simply go back to the basics. 
In the English alphabet, there are 26 letters. However, there are 44 phonemes or sounds that make up the 26 letters in the alphabet. And then there's 250 plus graphemes or letter combinations that make up those sounds as well. And currently, I'm working on a pronunciation course that has flashcards and will have videos on how to pronounce these letters or words, how you say it in your language, and how it should be said in English. And on these flashcards, we'll have pictures and how to make these words into a sentence and so much more. And also, I'm now going to be receiving students. If you are an entrepreneur or a business leader that lives in America and would like to work with me, if you seriously would like to work with me, you can email me at ccc at cccanguagelearning.com or you can simply follow me on Instagram and TikTok, cccanguagelearning. Thank you so much and have an awesome day. Em, that was absolutely fascinating. Use the language's phonetic system. That's exactly what we're focusing on today. You have to understand the foundations of the pronunciation in order to create, to build these words correctly without the influence of your own language. It's so important. L1 interference, Gav. It's a common thing. Don't let it happen to you. Learners, just adopt the rules of the language you're learning. I think that is a good tip. An English file is a great place to start. The pronunciation table is very useful. And also, knowing the student's L1 and knowing something about typical pronunciation mistakes can help you guide the students, can help you prepare them, like your tip at the beginning, M, with the G sounds. If you know some of these tips and tricks to avoid the pitfalls of incorrect pronunciation, then you will better prepare your students or students you'll be ready for the challenges that English brings you because it's not pronounced the way it looks, I'm sorry to say. That's absolutely right, Gav. I think Jasmine's pronunciation course sounds fascinating and I would love to see some of these flashcards. That's a really good idea. So I think that was a very successful pronunciation episode of Gav and M. If you haven't given us five stars on your podcast app, why? If you haven't written a review on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, go there, give us a review, five stars, spread the love, share the happiness, tell a friend. Thanks a lot. See you next time, Em. See you, Gav.